Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. My name is Talia Joy, and in this episode, I am sitting down with Elisa Stancil Levine. You're going to love everything that we talk about today. We're talking all about nature as our teacher. You're going to love what Elisa shares about allowing nature to guide her through the ups and downs of life and allowing nature to be our biggest teacher. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Hello, Elisa. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you today? I'm good. I'm happy. Just back from a little hike. Happy. Mm, I love that feeling after a hike. I feel like it's a collective feeling. There should be a word for that feeling. It's so beautiful. Well, I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Can you just start by introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about you, where you are in the world and all of those good things? Yeah, I'm actually right now in Northern California on this beautiful mountain, Sonoma Mountain. Um, And uh, yes, I'm a decorative artist. Uh, I had a 40-year career, which now has continued on with my son and my granddaughter. It's a three-generation company working all over the United States and the world. Um, And I'm really proud of it. You know, clearly I founded it and I was a... um, Single mother, I left I left school and home at sixteen, and made my own way. So I've recently written a book. It's the second book I've written. Um, it's called This or Something Better, and it's a memoir uh, of how I took what I could find close at hand and made my own uh, prophecy of life and worked through all kinds of difficult situations and succeeded. And I'm so relieved and joyful to be able to share that. And, uh, and that's why I'm glad I'm here. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. It's my honor. I love that title. This or something better. That's something I say all the time and encourage clients to, you know, when we're manifesting, when we're setting our desires, when we think we know what we want, I always say, make sure to be open to the something better part because the universe is really good at that part. Uh, So I'd love to just hear even just what does that mean to you? This or something better? Why did that end up being the title of your book? So funny, you know. I I have always said it to people, and I knew it wasn't something I made up. I'm sure I read it somewhere, um, and I um, found that uh, some people don't understand it even now. When people ask me, "What does this mean?" I said, "Listen, you know, we're saying this. We have this. Thank you, God. We have, are here, and this is where we are. But if if you have something better in mind for me, bring it. <laughs> Let me check it out. <laughs> I think it would be great. You know. So it's just a collaborative co- creativity of uh, whatever it could be manifested in your life. It doesn't have to be something you came up with and then you know scribbled down and then double checked fifty times. That's fine too. I'm not against that. I'm all for you know making a a template of where you want to be and how, how you might get there. But there's, as you know, so many things come into it that are incredible. You know, the coyote energy of a surprise, you know, message from some an unexpected place and changes in, and all of a sudden you're in a new, you know, a whole different paradigm. It's absolutely amazing. So 
this. And, and, and so what the main thing I wanted to always, I thought it sort of went without saying, but evidently not, that it's a, it's a moment, a place of gratitude you stand, even when you want change, you're standing in a place of gratitude to be strong and willing and able enough to want change. And you're welcoming change. And, you know, and you're also still saying, yes, and I already acknowledge the life I've had till now. Thank you. Mm, so yeah. this or something better. Why not? I, I love how you say like um, the things that we can't anticipate. And I remember on a podcast episode, I feel like it was now last year, I was talking about how you can't possibly make up all of the magic and think of all of the magic that source has in store for you. And I I had the example of imagine, you know, you planning every birthday present you're ever going to get for the rest of your life. And you got to control that. And you're, you know, you got to decide what everyone's going to buy you. You would miss out on all of the things that someone would buy you randomly. I thought of this, I made this, you know, all of the things that are so much better than what we can control and make up. And so I also really resonate with that aspect of this or something better. It's like, we have no idea, like you said, a chance encounter, a conversation, a synchronicity that changes our life. That's actually normally, I think, or not maybe not normally, but traditionally how it goes. Like we don't know what's in store for us. The big Mm -hmm. blessings that have come my way, they weren't force manifested. They were seemingly out of nowhere from source to help course correct me or help, you know, detour me or help explode something in a direction that I didn't even anticipate. So I love that you're speaking to that. Well, I find it's really interesting as an extremely visual person. um, You know, I have this tendency to be looking and, and really cataloging and, and really um, encountering all these kinds of things that I see they had used in my work in color and design and pattern design. And that's all well and good. And I feel it at liberty to make these judgments about what I'm using and how I'm using it. But when, in fact, I apply that same visual catalog to humans and my human relationships, I began to have a little bit of a problem because it would be almost as though I felt like, you know, well, if only they would do this and if only they would do that. This is just a very um, interesting issue because uh, you you have to have a kind of a hands-off um, treatment of others in your, especially your intimate others. It's not, you know, I don't want to create a wind-up toy telling somebody what they can do that would make me feel, you know, it's not their job to make me happy. It's my job to make me happy and, and my job to not try to fix them, change them, you know, and improve them. Like I, I it's one thing to do that with paint. You can do that anytime, but por- proportion gets changed. You know, you, you know, pump up the volume, you relax, you soothe, you know, that's all fine. But then you come home and all, and all of a sudden you want to do the same thing with the people in your environment. And this was my big hole. I have actually, I had to, a lifelong issue with how to interact with humans. So yeah. I can interact with color, paint, and I can have a transactional relationship with almost anyone. You, I'll make a promise. I'll keep it. We'll be happy. Bye. <laughs> well, what is that now? You know, so now I have the last 20 years of my life, which is starting now, I'm 72. Um, I'm thinking, okay, this is time for me to really start to surrender and trust mm. and here's the chance to see in human nature, all I see in regular and normal nature and wild nature, you know, Mm. wild nature where freedom and safety seems accessible. Mm. So attractive. And I feel comfort, comfortable. 
uh, human nature is still remains a big mystery. And I've tried told myself, you know, it's like a kaleidoscope, you know, let's enjoy the fact that you don't know you. It's okay not to know. Okay. Just guess what? That's called curiosity, right? <laughs> so just let go and surrender. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to manifest in my life now is the sense of surrender and sense of welcoming and attending and befriending other people. Mm, yeah, I resonate with that deep. I I have realized in the last few years that being human is hard for me. And I, I'm not trying to, you know, make that a thing in the future and label it and call it something, but I'm much more comfortable in the energies. I'm much more comfortable in the cosmos. I always say that. Like I I lived, I live in that space. And so the last few years, it's like the struggle has been how do I balance that with being human and personal relationships and um, the day-to-day human stuff? It sounds funny, but that that's actually harder for me than the intuition than the spirit than the faith. It's like, it's harder to interact and trust and be something for people and blah, blah, blah. Right. It's, 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 (laughs) yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'm curious then that brings us to the nature aspect. I'd love to hear you just share about your relationship with nature and even in your healing journey, you know, obviously, um, writing the book and everything that led up to that. And since then, and all of it, um, how does nature come into this for you and in, into your life? Yeah, I have like a, a, a stair steps of really significant moments. My very first memory of ever is standing and walking in on a beautiful little path with, and there it was a dirt little dirt path, and I was probably a year and a half old, maybe. Couldn't talk yet. I saw looked down. I saw the shoes, and I realized those are my shoes. And then I'm moving my shoes, and I it was like this sudden awareness of this is who I am. This whole, this moving being is you know me and I lifted my arms up and I was like alone and I looked and I saw the sky and I saw the trees moving I saw birds flying and I said to myself I mean I just was like tried to say hello right but I had no words but nonetheless I felt complete sense of belonging completely you know beloved right beautiful um however in my relationship with humans it was much more uh, complex which is discussed in the in the earlier chapters of the book um and because of that i really would turn to nature all, always for solace and confirmation you know beautiful raspberries sunflowers you know whatever a little stream anything that i could see that was moving you know burgeoning with life this was perfect for me and um, certainly offset the abuse that I was experiencing. So as time passed, you know, I uh, found really a lot of time alone in nature was super healing for me. And I even at eight and nine and 10, I decided to uh, figure out what was the purpose of, of, of life and what a human's purpose would be. And I think I was maybe 11 when I decided to write it down. And I had studied and looked and studied all these trees, the river, the rocks, everything that I could see, all the living, moving things um, that were natural. And I said, look here, stars are starring, trees are treeing, you know, the river is rivering. What are people doing? What are they doing? Why, what are we doing? You know, it seems like we're stumbling around looking at our reflection, trying to figure out what we're supposed to be doing. We're just not peopling. How do you, what is peopling? Okay, so this seemed like a really great idea. I would figure it out and tell everyone. And then I had to say to myself, no, you know, maybe, you, you know, that's a little pretentious. So 
I thought, well, but if I write it as an essay in the back, it might be published in Time Magazine, right? So I did. I wrote it out as an essay of how to be, pe- what is peopling and how, you know, the care and the, the, what we have to give is our ability to see, our ability to communicate, and our ability to appreciate. If you took those three things and, you, and that was our job, right? That's why we're here. We can, I can tell you about that tree I saw, you know, 20 years ago. It was incredible. And you'll see it in your mind, right? I can, I can bring all these things that I've experienced to you as a gift, as a good thing, and you to me. This is what we could be doing on the planet. We could just be the joy spot, right, of everything. So I wrote this all out. But when I took it to show to someone I thought respected my writing, which was my mother's therapist, he thought I had copied it and that it was not my own work, and he refused to believe it was my own essay, which was crushing. So I put that away. I'm happy to say this uh, essay is in the book, and or the themes of the essay is, are in the book, and uh, it was just recently published in a in a magazine. On I, I can't remember the title of it, but it was really really a cool thing to have it published out there. It made me happy. Um, so um, this is how nature has Im- impressed me. I'm sure you've heard the story, you know, that you can't stand in the same river twice. And when, and some people don't quite get what they're saying, but it, it, you, just like everything, starting your own business, you think it's going to be X, Y, and Z, and it's going to look like something, this, and then it's going to be that. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be your business. Well, no, no, not any more than the river is that, the river. The river is an everlasting moving and becoming everlasting becoming and even just standing in it you'll never be touched by the same water will you no it's coming from somewhere else and it's going past you and it's gone and something else is coming so this is life these are all these kinds of lessons that i learned from just sitting there trying to actually see the current repeat itself it was a game i was playing with the with the river because if what if it never repeats itself and which is what i finally decided was true after a whole summer okay so (laughs) it's pretty amazing there's not you know endless entertainment out there um so these are the rich things that 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 i got from nature you know and then in fact the book actually opens this most recent book opens with a terrible firestorm uh that was almost five years ago and the firestorm was a new idea from nature, which was that um, I don't know how to get along with people very well. I don't know how to be receptive. Um, and I'm still protecting myself with the same really antique armor from when I was like two. Hmm. How will I melt that? And it, with this firestorm, the realizations that came were a gift of nature, you know, for me. Now, for many others who lost so much, you know, this is, you know, a different kind of experience with nature. Um, But certainly, I have to say that there was a great gift in being sort of hit upside the head with a big fireball. So Mm. um, that's what prompted the book to be reorganized and rewritten with this new idea of, you know, okay, guess what? I have something, I have some work to do. I got some work to do here, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm up to. Wow. I, I love just the way your mind works. It reminds me a lot of me where I am in nature. I could just sit there and 
really feel that even the, you know, you never step in the same river twice and the metaphors that just unfold from that. And it is never the same river. The particles aren't the same. The water levels, not the same. The rocks aren't the same. The mineral components change with the seasons with how much, you know, debris is falling or whatever it's, it is always different. And we are never the same. And I think people don't fully understand that because we do create these sort of, I like to call them like reality loops. I don't know how much better to, you know, say where we feel like we're living groundhog day, where it's like our money situation or our relationships. And we feel like we're doing the same thing over and over, but in reality, like you are never in the same skin twice. And even on a cellular level, your cells are regenerating, you know, and every couple of years, there's not one, I trip out on this all the time, not one same cell, right. Even in your liver, even in your brain, as it was when you experienced that trauma or when you experienced that heartbreak or you let yourself down or you felt forgotten by the universe, like every cell in you has changed. The thing that's passed on is the story from cell to cell, not the actual cell. Um, but in nature, yeah, it's just so incredible. And if there was one spiritual text that I feel resonates more than anyone else, which is hard because there's so much beauty and truth in all of them, but it's the Tao. And it's always been the thing. The Tao Te Ching has always been the thing that has deeply resonated. Although there's many spiritual texts I haven't yet discovered. So who knows, right? (laughs) To be continued. But the Tao was Lao Tzu in 840 BC, sitting in nature and creating these 82 verses of basically what nature is here to teach us. And it's a book that they say you can read in an afternoon and study for a lifetime because it's all based on nature and the lessons and the gold and how that applies in our very real everyday life right now, even though it was created in 840 BC, it's insane. And it just is one that I always keep going back to. And I always feel so inspired by because it's nature. And I think that all of the wisdom we need I know all of the wisdom that we need is in nature and we could sit and observe. And I know in a lot of cultures, there's even like in, uh, in Japan, I think it is, they do like intuitive walking in nature where you basically, you go out with an intention, with a question and you intuitively walk through nature, sit where you're told to sit until the answer comes. And people have experienced great miracles just doing well, I do that all the time. I do that all the time when I get into a very, de- in fact, there's a, a kind of a, great little trick you can do. I mean, it's a number of them, but nature will give you these opportunities. If I'm trying to figure something out, let's just say that, uh, it's, that it, it seems almost impossible that a client wants something, wants two things that don't seem to go together and you just can't figure out how you're going to make it happen. And then you just, um, uh, you know, sort of stuck, blocked or something. And kind of maybe sometimes I'll be resentful because it seems hard and I'm annoyed, right? So I'm getting into this kind of a closed set. I just realize I have to go out. I go out and I say, you know, what the heck? You know, I'm looking for a sign. Please give me a sign. Bring me a sign. Show me something. And I mean, it would be something so funny. It'd be like a, a giant leaf that looks as big as a hand. And then the leaf might be divided absolutely half and half. And it's showing that, you know, on this one leaf, you have both things. Stop thinking you can't have both things. Both things can be done. Look, look further, make it happen. You can do it, right? So I don't know. Maybe some people would not take that leaf and that hand as that kind of a message, but for there it is laying there. And I've never seen one like that before. I mean, I bring it home and take a picture of it and laugh, right? Because it's helping, you know, or if it's an emotional situation where I have a tree that I'm going to go see, I found this tree when I was in a really difficult time. 
uh, I lived on the Panhandle um, in Golden Gate Park, a beautiful, tiny, little old um, Victorian house. And I picked a tree outside that would be my tree that I could always go lean on because I'm in the middle of the city, right? I need a place that I can be connected to nature. And this tree is so rough on one side. It's just everything's just peeling off of it and scraggly and horrible. And the other part, it's perfectly smooth. And I'm like, that is my tree, okay? Because sometimes I'm on the rough side. <laughs> sometimes I'm on the smooth side. This is my friend. This is my tree. And I could cry on that tree. I could lean into that tree. You know, I could pick the side that was representing me, whatever. And I would just just gain so much from letting go there mm -hmm. to the tree. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just think that it's all out there for you. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be a small question. The other thing that I found under great anger, which is a thing that comes up sometimes um, for everyone, I think, um, is that I would take a stick and then if I find a log, okay, and I mean, of course it has to be kind of a remote hiking area, not a bunch of little children nearby, but you can beat the log. I asked the log, you know, I have to beat, I have to beat this uh, stick on you. Is that okay? And the log will say, yes, you can do it. And then I would hit it really just, you know, maybe 20 or 30 times, hard as I could. It was so great. I would feel so happy. Then I was all done with my anger. I'm done. I, I could be happy now. Okay. This is, you know, these are just ways that are left over from like maybe being out in the woods when I'm five, right? I still use, not very often, but it's there. It's in my, you know, toolkit, right? Mm -hmm. And I've actually shown, I've hiked with a lot of women one-on-one uh, -on -one, and I've shown some of them and some of them have a very hard time like hitting something, right? They just don't feel like that's okay. And I'm like, go for it. And, but pretty soon it's like, wham, wham, wham. They're having a party with getting mad and that's okay, right? It's okay. And yeah. So, and nature has that ability to alchemize as I kind of mentioned um, a few yeah. minutes ago. And if you hit a log for that example, if you hit a stick onto a log or a stump or whatever, and even if you hit it so hard that it starts breaking up the stump or whatever, when you go, all of that broken up matter is starting to be taken over by ants and starting yeah, to be, you yeah. know, that it'll actually spread some moss that you knocked yeah, off the thing onto. Yeah, and so nature's truly going like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like I yeah. can take it. And also the energy, when you think of the healing energy and the, the wisdom and the timelessness of the earth, it's like, I can take your little rage moment. Like that is <laughs> nothing compared to what I've been through. But to us, it's everything. It's like, take this burden from me. And yes. earth is going like, no problem, right? right. No problem. Right. And even if you're in a, a nice, you know, open place or the top of a mountain and you just yell or cry or laugh, like nature will just absorb that energy and, and alchemize it for you because it's nothing scream from the mountaintop say all your swear words like nature yeah. can take it it's all good you know um so what do you think blocks people from doing that realizing that whether it's sort of as a society or the individual people why do you think people have strayed away from this tool and this healing ability um that the that nature has for us I think um, a great deal of it has to do with uh, sort of a latent fear and um it, I, 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 I was really surprised with my own grandchildren who would, uh, at maybe four or five, they'd see a rock and they'd say, can I climb on that rock? I'm like, oh, yes, you can. Why, why wouldn't they know that, right? I just don't know why they don't know that everything is there for them, you know, like I happen to know. Um, so um, 
I think it's, uh, I don't really have a great answer for why. I do think that if you have an issue of fear, um, often what that is, is really just um, the idea that it's, an, it's not okay to not know. So let's just say, let's look at fear um, and any kind of newness and a thing that you're afraid of or um, don't know how to navigate. You're looking into the future, usually in this kind of a situation where anxiety comes up and what you're seeing is a threshold and then the future, but all, but, but you have no knowledge what the future will be. So there's like a veil that hangs to the threshold. This veil is just this milky transfer, transfer, parent thing but you look through and it seems like the whole room is filled with this unknown terrible amounts of unknown an unknown amount of unknown this is a lot of unknown this is way not okay okay well this is not really true i'm sorry to tell you that you don't have to be that afraid you may be happy to tell you because as i said in this great old uh, science fiction book um uh, which i knew i was going to forget the name of which i got this from and i use it for a lot of people when i'm mentoring um Standing, you're standing in, in you're imagining this room and of all the future that you're going to be entering and it's, that is filled with the unknown because you're looking at the this veil of unknown but when you take that step into the net into the room you're no longer in the unknown you're in the new reality and once you're in the new reality it's not it's there's no fear there mm. you're in it so it's like if you don't know how you're going to feel when you move into your new house or something and you're scared about the moving into let's just keep it really simple you're scared about moving into your new house but once you get your boxes there and you go through the trouble of you know putting a few things away you don't even care about that anymore it's not even unknown it's known it's yours now right this is the future the future will be yours when you're in it so go in it when you you know you can go in it just go mm-hmm. so um mm-hmm. the same thing with nature i think that i found a lot of people who come out and we have people stay with us who are theater people who are acting. Uh, they come from Manhattan and L.A. and they're acting in the in this, these shows that are at our park. And so but we're in the country, very much in the country. And they're shocked. They have they don't understand. It's, it's so dark. There's no streetlights. I said, well, you know, we don't have streetlights. It's the country, you know, and the whole thing is just like, well, we saw the stars. You know, there's just so much new stuff so amazing to be in nature because they're so busy with their career which is in a city which is you know and i also will say and i don't know if you notice this but i feel kind of bad for big uh big park areas or even small park areas that are really really they're really relied upon by so many people for the sucker and and solace of nature i feel like they're a little bit worn out so sometimes i i don't really want to go there and you know need them these all these trees and stuff because other people are definitely using them you know so Mm -hmm. people are aware and getting some connection but the connection um that i was raised with uh it might be kind of unusual because i don't think uh, that many people have as much time alone in nature as i did yeah so yeah I definitely agree. I remember when I first went to, well, maybe not the first time I went to Central Park, but there was a time a few years ago, I was first as an adult and I went up the Empire State Building. I don't know, the really high touristy one. And I'm looking out and I just see this massive, what is massive park. 
in a concrete jungle. And I looked at it. And as much as I always seek nature, I too live in the country. We have no, we have a central mailbox. We have no street lights. We, you know, our biggest problem in our neighborhood is actually bears and cougars versus people and whatever. Um, but I just saw it. And, and as much as it's beautiful and everyone wants to go to central park and it's nice to find nature in a city. There was the same feeling of these people need it more than I do. It was just like a flash emotion of I'm glad it's there for people, but it's still sad that this is the nature that they get to see. It's a beautiful park and no, you know, no hate towards central park. Of course, it's a lot of people do, you know, spend a lot of time there. I have a lot of clients that from New York and all of that, but it's just, it does feel like it's like going to the beach versus Mm -hmm. finding a beach spot on a beautiful lake or ocean or whatever that there's not a hundred thousand people. The wisdom is more readily available. It's like the trees aren't as tired. Like you said, it's like. feels more intimate by far, you know, in the intimacy Mm -hmm. aspect. um, I I think you do need a little bit of, um, and you know what I, but I will say that you can have an intimate relationship. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story Uh, because I'm so reliant on nature we were staying in Scottsdale for many months doing a huge house, making it a, a look like a French chateau um, interior. And so um, there were a group of 10 of us, my team of women. And I, I was in this, I had this uh, residence in and it was a two bedroom place. It was fantastic. I loved it. And I had friends come and stay with me. And But there was no nature there in the room, but they had this little cactus that I loved. And so every, you know, two weeks or so, I just put a couple of drops of water on this little cactus. It was always there for me. It was so sweet. And one of my teammates was with me after about the third month and, and she saw me doing that. She goes, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, I don't water it too much. You know, it's just, and she said, that is not a real cactus. Okay. That is not real. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it's not real. All this time I've been having this relationship with this fake cactus, right? I was, I was getting something from it. I tell you, Talia, it was fine with me. You know? <laughs> so. That's so funny. That's hilarious. Well, the wisdom is there that the, the, the physical thing is just the hologram. Like the medicine is there, you know, and that's something that I really see in nature too. And I'll encourage like a lot of my audience are empaths. And I say to bring in nature into your practice, whether it's a feather, a rock, mm-hmm. a crystal, yes. like if you live in a concrete jungle, f- go find your favorite stick or shell or feather or something and bring it into your home, have yeah. plants, have wood elements, have, you know, like bring in nature, even yeah. if you are in a gray office building or yeah. in a, in a high rise, you know, it's, it, it makes an impact. So apparently even a fake cactus for everybody <laughs> can bring those healing vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we started this thing. I started, I don't know when I started it, but I started collecting heart-shaped rocks because I, and when I first found the first one, I was like, Oh, this is exciting. And within like four more steps, there was another one. They're just everywhere. In fact, everywhere. And even I told my, my favorite aunt when she lives in Boca part of the year. And I said, you know, I'm going to go down on the beach and I'm going to find some heart-shaped rocks or something she goes oh there's not there's nothing down there there's nothing i said I, i'm gonna oh, she, she said and if there is anything it'll just be shells and they won't be heart-shaped and i'm like well okay well oh, then i'll attitude see you I'll see you in a while <laughs> so i'm down there and i'm walking walking away and then really there was nothing I'm like, okay, look, God, I already promised her that we have to get this together. You know, I mean, and so then all of a sudden it was another and another and another. So I brought back this handful of all these little tiny heart-shaped things, a little piece of heart-shaped coral, everything. 
And she's like, oh, my God. And now I keep those beside my bed because um, it's just really uh, just reminds me that don't don't stop looking. You know, it's don't stop believing. Right. Because it's out there for you. Now I don't collect them anymore. I find them and I um, occasionally I take one home. If it's too wonderful. I can't help it. But I put them like if it's a mossy tree, I put the heart shaped rock in the middle of the moss so somebody else will find it. Right. And the, mm-hmm. they can see it. Yeah. I love that. It's also interesting just how energy works. And, you know, her, she wouldn't see the heart-shaped rocks because in her reality, there's none there and you're not going to find them. And That's then right. that even, it went to impact you because other people's energy impacts us. So at first you're going, oh, there isn't any. And then you're like, okay, let's call my power back, call my <laughs> mojo back universe. Yeah. We need to show her these heart-shaped rocks. And I always do that too. I'm like, we want to spread the message of light. So we want to yeah. take those people and almost not prove them wrong. So that's a weird energy, yeah. but bring them that, that proof of magic. And so then it's like the universe, like, okay, you called your power back. And that's how it works too, is we're heavily influenced by people around us. But when we stay in our light, we activate the light in others without having to preach or tell them everything we know, or, you know, we, we simply do it with our actions. Like my faith created all these heart-shaped rocks and shells. I want to show you it's possible. And then that is now a possibility in her life too. So it's just interesting how energy works. You can transfer that on. Yeah. So I would just love to hear about manifestation and nature and, you know, your personal practices, um, advice, because I know the people listening deeply resonate with nature. And some people are in concrete jungles in cities. Other people are, you know, out and nature's more accessible, but all of us do feel that every single one of my clients like have either started being called to nature or have always been called to nature. So I'm curious the relationship between that and manifestation or your personal practices when you're feeling that you want to call something in or you're feeling blocked, like just curious how you use it in your life, how you use nature and and what you would advise people or suggest or pass on to people that are really looking to manifest change in their life and create a better feeling, more joyful, more soul aligned life. Well, I think, I think it's important to understand that there are there is a huge shift that can be made if you will have the ability to access and stand in just grass or dirt, barefoot, or even concrete, which is will work also. If you can stand barefoot on this on the beach, on grass, on I mean even for ten minutes, with the intention that you're just going to be grounding down to the center of the earth, down, down down to the center of the earth go all of your energies and then from there they come back through to you and you feel connected you feel whole Mm. i think that's a nice thing to do i don't do it very often i only sort of tend to do it when i'm desperate okay let's just say i'm just in a gritchy mood grouchy and bitchy right (laughs) i mean all of a sudden i'll go oh wait a minute maybe i need this you know and it does seem to like it just it just erases my negativity, which is great. Okay, I love that. So that's simple because I'm talking ten minutes, right? That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for manifestation, and bit, I don't even know if I would say it really has to do particularly with nature. I come back to the fact that everything is just essence. Everything is in agreement. Kills everywhere we see, like you said, it's like everything is almost like a fax of itself. I found this out through a death experience and 
and then I was brought back to life um, after I had my second baby. And this, I was only 18. It was so psychedelic and so amazing that I couldn't even hardly explain it to anyone. They just thought, you know, I was crazy. This was in 1968. But certainly later, when I did try some psychedelics, I saw the similarity. But in fact, this idea that all is essence, and through this death experience, seeing how every single color that we see now is only just a small portion of the amount of richness of color that really is present, and that every single every single sound, every, every sing, everything's vibration, and we are just a, an agreement and a collection of vibrations and essences. And so um, in, from that perspective, um, what we encounter in nature or wherever we get food, right? It's like a nurturing. It's a, nature is a nurturing thing for me. So for those of you who have found that, then just go and, you know, get fed. You know, this is what I say. Um, and if you haven't found it yet, um, I would never let yourself think that there's something wrong with you for that reason. If you aren't, if it's not comfortable for you, that's okay. You don't go there. Find the other things that are comfortable and feed yourself through that. So it could be texture, you know, it could be sound, right? You know, some people find great healing through music, right? And so these are, this is where you want to listen to yourself and find where it is that you get really are truly fed and in fact um let me just center for a second and say when you do find that you want to make sure that you're listening to yourself one of the things i've made up for myself to say that helps is i say to myself i trust myself to take good care of me so this is very simple, and it's a nice affirmation, and it doesn't rely on an outside power or some magical connection to an outside power. It is within you. You are with you, and you are acknowledging that you have this ability. So this is soothing. If I find it very soothing um, from my early childhood issues or you know whatever other kinds of problems I've had, uh, this has always come back to help me, along with all of Louise Hay, all of Shakti Gawain and creative visualization, all these old books and, you know, which are saying even more, much more ancient things themselves, you know, it always sort of comes down to being open to the, the good that you can create for yourself. Mm, yeah, I love that. I really, really love that. And I think you know, coming back to the nature piece, whenever I'm in nature, it's like I am connected. You're saying like everything is essence, everything is energy. I find that I just naturally connect to those higher essences, those higher vibrations. And I used to joke years ago, how as soon as I, me and my husband love to hike and I'll say like, as soon as I'm out in nature, I'm never thinking about my bills. I'm never thinking about the political situation or these worries of the world. I'm always connected to either just the present moment and the beauty in that little leaf or oh, the awe mm -hmm. of the tall trees or whatever else, or it's like the beauty of my life and where things are going and just a bigger perspective of the wholeness of all of it, a lot mm -hmm. more introspective or like bigger, bigger picture. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, it is fascinating how being in nature can actually naturally connect us to that bigger essence, which is where manifestation happens when it's from a soul level or a purpose, you know, a, a bigger level, not just, I want my 500 bucks. Like when it's about really moving into who you truly are, it feels like nature just 
naturally activates that, um, from that, yeah, from that higher vibration. So are there any, just for some people who, you know, I'm thinking of a few clients that I have this one client that just, she knows she's doing big things in this life, big projects, big message. And she's like, I need to get out on the trails. That's where I like write my programs. That's where, mm-hmm. you know, so she's like, I'm putting in time to get my, you know, I'm putting trails into my schedule. I'm like, good job. Cause she's busy mom of three, all these things. So for those people that know nature is where it happens and they get they just feel peaceful, connected, maybe those epiphanies, those intuitive downloads. Were there any specific practices that if somebody wanted to go try something new, go take their journal, go out in nature, just things you've heard of, you've used little suggestions that may work for people to, you know, actual practices to do out in nature? Well, journaling is something that a lot of people love to do and talk a lot about and think highly of. I would suggest it, but I would say it's not something I practice out there because I don't want to carry anything. I don't like to carry, I like to be, I don't carry anything. I drink a lot of water before I go. <laughs> I don't carry water. You know, if I'm going to be on a 12 mile hike, I mean, um, if I, if, you know, I drink some water before I leave and I drink some water when I get home. <laughs> um, so um, I, uh, I don't know. I would go forward without a plan Mm. i would suggest uh, planless you know and open Uh, so you know i i don't know that i mean i keep coming up with what's coming up in my mind are all these things that, that are the issues that friends have brought up they don't like to get their shoes dirty okay um you know, they are afraid of snakes. What about poison? You know, all these things that I, I just, if they're with me, then I can show them it's not a problem. It's going to be fine. And, but yes, don't wear white shoes on a dirt trail. Okay. That's not a good idea. That's why people have brown shoes. Okay. So (laughs) my hiking shoes are never white. (laughs) Yeah. Right. No. (laughs) Um, so, you know, I took this one girlfriend with me and she kept saying, is that a weed? And I'm like, no, that's a plant. Okay. It's not a weed. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're, they're, you know, the, people can be far removed and, and people who are just a little bit interested, I think I would suggest make up your own fun game. I mean, one thing I like to do is if it seems like it's gotten boring, you know, during the pandemic and staying sort of staying so close to home, same trail, same trail, same trail. So I'm like, wait, you know, what about parkour? You know, watch, watching all these really young people doing crazy stuff, right? I mean, to me now at 72, it's crazy if I jump on this rock and maybe jump to that rock. Which, woohoo, look what I did, you know, or just I skip and I dance, I, I, I swirl around, I, I dance side to side, I, you know, or even just go dancing. I don't usually take music. I, 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 I just, I just don't. I just keep it quiet out there. Um, but some people like music out there, especially if they're that, you know, audio. I'm not audio. I'm visual. So, you know, I hope that's not disappointing. But what I'm really saying is, you know, go discover, right? Mm-hmm. There's no right way. And I would say there's really no wrong way. Yeah, that's beautiful. I actually like that. It's like an assignment is to go into nature with no plan. 
Um, you know, one thing that you could do for those people that really want a little bit of direction is to have an intention, a gentle intention to feel relaxed when you leave. I always like to kind of think like, what is this? What is, what is the medicine here that I'm seeking? It's like, I just want to feel peaceful. I want to connect to nature. I want to take some deep breaths. I, you know, I, I like to set little gentle intentions like that and kind of then just let it go and see what happens. Um, but I love to do the thing like, sort of of like when you're going to do a pull a rune or something, you could just say, what is it I need to know now? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll go out and think I know what I'm up to and I'll just feel like crying. And then I realize it's the day that my fiance died or something 40 years ago. You know, you don't know what's pulling you, Mm. you know, or even what's causing dissonance. And if you just go out and just go, and then all of a sudden, Oh, you know, Mm. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. There was a woman, um, I forget actually now who it was. It might've been, um, Anahata Ananda, I think, but she was talking about on her podcast, I think it was anyway, about the shaman sort of way of looking at nature and just sitting in nature and gazing and seeing what catches your eye. It might be a tree. It might be a leaf. It might be a mountain, might be a bird. And just gently asking, you know, what is this tree leaf mountain bird (laughs) teaching me? What is teach what what is this teaching me and when I heard that it sparked something in my soul and I would sit even outside my office window and I just see tons of trees around and or a mountain in the background what is that mountain teaching me today and every day there'll be a different damn lesson from that (laughs) mountain because today I might need stillness and steadiness and then the next day I might need the resilience and how it can like withstand all these different you know weathers over Mm -hmm. the years or whatever it is, how there can be a fire. And then years later, now there's new growth or, you know, the lesson is always different, but sitting Mm -hmm. here and just saying, what can I learn from that tree today? Just like you said, almost like, what do I need today from that tree? It will teach you something different on every day. And I love that gentle way because sometimes I'm sitting there and actually last night, me and my husband were out on our deck and right at the time when the mosquitoes start coming out here, the birds are all going back to their trees and the bats come out. And so we're sitting on our deck and there's just these bats and we're like, Oh my goodness, look at that one. And one swoops so close to us. Bats don't typically come that close to me anyway. And, um, it swooped really close and another one. And we both kind of went, Oh, like that, you know, and I said, thank you. Thank you for that encounter. <laughs> and I realized they're eating all the mosquitoes. Yes. So I just had this moment of what is that bat teaching me? First of all, there's so much the bat could teach you about the way it moves and, you know, echolocation it doesn't even have eyes, but it can still, lo- or it does have eyes, but they don't really work. Yeah. Um, but it can sense with echolocation, all these different things. But the fact that nature is constantly working in our favor and that bat is eating the mosquitoes and maybe the mosquito might be one of my, I don't hate animals, but mosquitoes, I just, they got to go. But anyways, they, they have a purpose, but you know, and so just that, that medicine of sitting there and going, wow, this moment is showing me that like nature has my back. And me and my husband were laughing that it just ate three mosquitoes that we were about to slap off of our arm, right? (laughs) So just that beauty and asking like, what could this teach me? And sitting and just allowing, just allowing it to present itself. And sometimes it might just be stillness. And that's what that tree is teaching you is to just breathe, right? Um, Or any of the other lessons we've touched on. So I love that too. It's a very simple practice, but I just find it's like continues to give. (laughs) Yes, yes. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I know um, you have so much to share. So if somebody wanted to read your book, um, come find you, what you're up to, you know, social media, where do you tend to hang out or where are the best places for people to find you and your books? Well, I have a website, which is my name, elisastancellevine.com, which has a lot of essays and some really beautiful photographs, some blog posts, and my books are on there. And they, the books are available on um, Amazon and Bookshop and all those other places. And all of my social media is in my name, Elisa Stancil Levine. <laughs> um, and um, I think Instagram is also. Um, so uh, that's the easiest way. Um, and I welcome people checking me out, go for it. And any comments, that's great. Um, and I hope you do buy my book, my memoir, because it does really touch on all these things. And, um, I'm really happy with how it came out. Love to share it. Beautiful. I'll put all the links below too in the show notes and congratulations on writing books. It's something that comes really naturally to some people, others, not so much, but it's a, it's like a baby you birth. It's a big yeah. process and everything, you know, that goes into it and just channeling your wisdom into it for other people. It's beautiful. So good job on doing that. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you thank for you. spreading that. <laughs> yeah, thank you so you know, I hear people, I wrote this book and I just am so present to what that actually means. It's not a, you don't wake up and make a cup of coffee and write a book. It's a, it's a baby. It's a thing that you birth. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today and for this beautiful conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you in your life and it inspired you. If you want to find more from me and my guests, make sure to check the link in the show notes, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. I am at Talia Joy Manifestation. Make sure to take a screenshot that you're listening to the show. Come and tag us over on Instagram. Let us know your takeaways. We love to hear about people manifesting their dream lives. So make sure to check the link in the show notes. There are also some free goodies down there for you. I'll see you in the next episode.